no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Barry Sentience. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the offensive and defensive starters in 2021 and much more. Hey, Doug. What's the word, fam? Hey, man. What's happening with the press? You know what, man? I'm. It's crazy, right? So, obviously, you knew I was traveling this week for work. So, it was like 80, 90 degree weather when I was away. And then I come back to Chicago. And it's cold. I'm like, man, bro. I was like, what happened to the weather? It was nice last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. This bipolar weather, man. It, it would get to you. It got me all congested, friends. I hate this type of weather. Man, dude, I'm telling you. But hey, listen, we got a long holiday weekend here, so I'm excited about that. You throwing something on the grill? Hey, look, I got to, man. It's that time. I'm trying to figure that out right now myself, but definitely going to be firing that thing up. I haven't even really turned the grill on yet, so this will be the first time. Got to get that propane ready. <laughs> yeah, get it ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> On the show today, man, we're going to get into a lot of things, uh, audience, as A-Dub mentioned. We're going to break down what we think will be the offensive and defensive starters here for 2021. But before we get into the episode, I did want to uh, give out our thoughts and prayers to Greg Olson and his family. So a lot of our listeners, you guys probably saw this current week that Greg Olson said that his son has been placed on a heart transplant list. And A-Dub, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. But for me, any parent out here realizes that a situation like this has to be tough, not only for them, but thinking about potentially if your son or daughter does get a heart, that means someone else has passed away. So that's just a lot just even take in as a whole. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on this situation. Man, prayers, that is a lot to um, digest. And uh, like you said, man, our prayers go out to the family. These are things that you don't want to see happen, but you'd rather go through these kind of situations. So I do pray that everything goes well. That's all we really can do at this point, man. It's send our prayers to the, to the family and hope for a good recovery from all of this. Yeah, man. And, and like you said, man, I mean, that family's already said that they've gone through a lot of ups and downs with their son, you know, through the course of his young life. So, yeah, definitely our thoughts and prayers uh, go out to him. Absolutely. So, A-Dub. We're going to turn the page here. And what we're going to do now, I want to go into that Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp saga that took place on that show that I will not name. You saw what took place there in that video clip that went viral when Shannon Sharp pulled out his phone on live TV and basically had a conversation with Julio Jones, where Julio yep. Jones let off some information that and at, at the time, A-Dub, it looked like Julio was kind of being very transparent which means he probably didn't know he was live. 
And that was come out that he actually did not know that he was live on TV when he told Shannon Sharp that he wanted out of uh, Atlanta. And he also said, I don't want to play for the Cowboys. But what was your thoughts on that whole entire situation, A-Dub? First thing I would say is, Shannon Sharp, you got clout with some of these um, players. So that's a good thing you have that. The other thing I would say is, hey, you got to be careful how you utilize that clout that you have with people. Mm. Um, because, man, you know, if he didn't know he was live, right, he could have said almost anything for his, you know, not knowing that he's out there thinking his previous competition conversation between he and Uncle, you know, Shannon. So you just want to be careful with that, you know, because um, you just never know what that may, what he might say or anyone might say, right, that could lead to him feeling like his confidentiality was broken. So, but yeah, overall, it looked like it was a, a conversation, like they were having a conversation at a cookout or something or <laughs> in a barbershop or something, you know? Right. So, well, one thing that you bring up, A-Dub, is you talk about the clout, I would call it access. Shannon Sharp, with basically all these players in the league looking up to him, calling him unk. Well, when they see you do something like that to a player, you may lose a little bit of that access to players after you did that shit to Julio. That's the thing that, for me, because... You could tell in that moment that Skip, he even looked kind of caught off guard with the fact that they were doing that live because the moderator of the show, she was like, hey, make sure you tell him we're live on television right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Because she was like, hey, I want to be careful what he say. Mm-hmm. So that whole situation for me, it, it just shows you a couple things. And I'm, I'm going to go in real quick on this. I've kind of don't want to like really go after Shannon Sharp here, but over the years, man, he's kind of done a lot of, like, tomfoolery type things, A-Dub. When I saw this, I kind of was like, bro, what are you doing, man? Was this, like, some clickbait thing that you were doing to try to get the show to go viral? Because not only did you put Julio in a bad spot, but then you put the organization in a bad spot because it sounded like the organization has been trying to trade him. So when you do something like that, that kind of devalues the organization's ability to be able to get maximum value in return in the trade. So all around, it just it's not a good situation. I totally agree with you, Fred. I like the word you use, access. You know, and um, that's a huge part of everything, right? You lose that, you lose that credibility. You're done. But the thing, like with Julio, man, is that who knows they want to send Dallas or not, right? We know for sure now that if they want to trade them there, that's probably broken at this point because you already went on air saying it, and <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, and, and that really looked like that, that looks at the team like, whoa, we already know one team is out the, out the door that he doesn't want to go to. So you never know, man, with that, when you put it all out there, that also can, you know, again, breaks the relationship that he has with the team already. And what if they want to amend it, right? And say, hey, maybe we want to keep this guy. Well, it looks like now putting it out there like this here makes it a little bit more gloomy. Now, Julio Jones and his representatives, now they have to scramble behind the scenes because I heard that they reached out to Fox and was like, hey, what happened here, right? So it's like, it just puts everybody in a bad spot. Yeah. This is why we're starting to see more and more athletes creating their own podcasts, and also creating their own channels, maybe whether it's YouTube or other avenues, where they're putting their message out there. And what this is showing me further is that a lot of these players, they don't have trust in the media for situations that what Shannon Sharp did. You're going to see more and more players probably less likely to pick up those phone calls, right? Less likely to even be candid and honest with a guy like that. So it's just, man, it's just tough to see something like that because a lot of these players, they have trusting relationships with certain guys in the fraternity, as they say. But then now it's like, okay, if one of your former colleagues is in the media, can you trust that they don't put you on blast like that? It's just a tough situation to think about. Absolutely. And the other part of what it prays is controlling the narrative. So if you have your own podcast or things of that nature, you can control the narrative, what you put out there versus what someone else put out there for you. 
We know that the media, I mean, we're, we're dealing with this with the Kwame Brown situation, right? How the media, when they have an objective that they want to push out there about somebody, they'll do it. Like they've been putting it out there for 20 years at the guys a bust. We talked about it last week on the show. A lot of people have vested interest in pushing out these narratives about a person, right? It's very important for people to be able to take control over their own message. And that's what Kwame Brown's doing. Now he has a platform and now he's out there putting out his word, what he calls himself, the bus life. But you know what? <laughs> he's out there spreading his mama's cooking and that mama's seasoning all over the, the waves. And he's taking over the internet right now. But you're going to see more and more guys, I think, start to do things like that to control their own narratives. All right, man, let's turn to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, man. This situation is just getting juicier and juicier by the week. <laughs> yes, Bro, sir. When I saw Aaron Rodgers in Hawaii dancing all weird and shit with his girl, I was like, man, Aaron, I ain't gonna lie to you. That's a whole vibe right there in itself. I'm not even gonna get into the dancing and stuff that he was doing, but I guess I'd rather be in Hawaii than be in OTAs myself. But Adel, why don't you get your thoughts on that situation? Because my boy Aaron Rodgers, he sent a clear message to Green Bay this past week. Man, this guy's out there having a good time, man, and not even <laughs> worry, and not even worry about the Packers at this point. He's like, look, I'm distant from these guys. I'm gonna do my own thing right now until hopefully something happens, something changes. Who knows what they'll be? But right now, Perez, he's in his own world in his own zone. Yeah. And <laughs> all right. So the first part about it, I, I can't stop thinking about the video of him dancing, but the main point is obviously his discontent, it seems like it has less to do with Jordan Love, and it seems like there's like a fundamental issue that he has with Green Bay as a whole. Because right. he he went on uh, the final Sports Center uh, episode with Kenny Mayne, yeah. and he basically just said, look, man, he said, I love Jordan. I like working with the kid. He said, I love the coaching staff, and I love my teammates. So who does that leave? Uh-oh. Front so, office. Thank you. So that's what you got to think about. And he also went on to say he loved the fan base. So that front office is who he has his problem with, and he has definitely pointed the finger directly at them, A-Dub. Yeah, man. He went on to say it's about the character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mm. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> Who's not doing these things the right way? <laughs> He's pretty much talking about the front office people. So... Yeah, you're right, Perez. It's not the players. It's them. But I'm going to tell you this. For us Bears fans, we can rejoice in this situation. As it, it seems like this might be some sort of a farewell tour because when he went on that interview, I was like, that was basically a message that he was saying goodbye to Green Bay. That, that's just the way I took it, eh, Doug? Yeah, man. I, I took it the same way, Perez. And it, it's going to take a lot of uh, hard work on the Green Bay Packers side of the table to try to fix that. It looks like Aaron Rodgers pretty much has his mind made up. Yeah, man, I think he wants up out of there, bro. He wants up out of there. I wonder what team, though, he'll, will he end up going to? I was looking around the league. And I'm like, man, I know everybody talks about Denver, but that, that maybe that'll be a conversation for another podcast. But I wonder what would be the best fit for, for Aaron if he does get traded. I'll say this, friends. As long as he out of our division, I don't give a damn where he go. <laughs> get him up out of here. Exactly. <laughs> like I said, that, that's the situation that we'll keep monitoring. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been a thorn in our side for 16 damn years. I want him out of here, man. I want him out of here. Me too. Me too, man. (laughs) It's good to see. Hey, look, Briz, it's good to see them having problems over there, too. Let these problems continue to go on throughout the season, man, because all it's going to do is hurt them over there, really. Not having the quarterback ready to play or not wanting to play doesn't have that motivation. So as long as those things continue to go bad for them, that's good for us and anyone else in our division. 
Facts. One thing that we have talked about on the show the last few weeks was when it came to the 2021 season, A-Dub, will fans be back? So we have the answer to that. But now we're hearing words that full capacity is going to be a thing at Soldier Field in 2021. And I'm pretty fired up about that. I still don't know the ins and outs of how that's going to work, you know, with people being vaccinated versus people that aren't vaccinated, will masks be required? None of those details have been coming out yet. But we at least we know now that for the most part, we think that there's going to be full capacity in Soldier Field. We did not have fans in the stands last year. We talked about how we thought that that might have, you know, not given the Bears that true home field advantage with some of their games. That Soldier Field crowd starts to roar and they shake the damn lake. So that will be back. But I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of that news that, that we heard this week about full capacity at Soldier Field. That to me, Brad, sounds like good news, man. Um, I think we're getting back to, to some type of normalcy. At least we're trying, right? Through all the yeah. vaccinations and the pandemic, all those different things that occurred last year. It's still going on right now, but it shows that we're making some drastic progress here, which is a good thing. It'd be awesome if they have a very good plan once we see that, what that looks like with the fans coming back. Uh, to the stadium and how we work through that process from a safety standpoint. But man, like you said, Perez, our fans is no joke. <laughs> they are part of the team for sure. And we make things go, man. We get those guys that extra motivation. So I think that'll be good, man. As long as that everything is safe and they do it the right way, which I believe I'm looking forward to that, Perez. I've always told you and I tell our listeners this all the time. Our defense feeds off of that crowd. Any of you guys that go to Bears games and you know what it is on third down when that whole stadium is erupted and getting that defense fired up, I can't wait for the opener for the first third down on defense when Khalil Mack gets a strip sack and we're going to go live and you guys are going to hear that roar because I'm telling you, A-Dub, I am fired up, man. I am fired up already. It's not even June yet and I'm over here fired up in this chair. <laughs> hey man, I'm with you, friends, man. Nothing like bear fans, man, in the stadium. Woo! And I've already been over here sorting out plans uh for tailgating with, uh, with our homie Buzz on tap. You remember Buzz that came on the show uh earlier yeah. in the season. Yeah, man, he's got season tickets as well. So A dub, stay tuned because there will be a tailgate in our future, sir. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that, man. Reconnecting with our fans, reconnecting with the people we know, friends. That's gonna be awesome, man. Yes, sir. They also said that the NFL owners, they approved a couple of Soldier Field renovation projects. And when I first saw that, I said, wait, what the hell is this about? But they they said it was just only for like some scoreboard stuff that they had in the stadium. But whenever you hear an announcement about a a Chicago stadium project, you're like, wait, what project is this? (laughs) Right, 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 right. So you always worry about those kind of things. But good to know that, hey, it's nothing major that could impact things. Yeah, because I think when I first saw that, I was wondering, does this have anything to do with the Arlington Heights situation that we talked about a few weeks ago? Because uh, oh, as, as a lot of people know, that Arlington Heights race course is, is up for sale. This is their last season for, for racing. Even though the Bears have a lease with Soldier Field through 2033, you never know what could happen. So, <laughs> you know, that's you still something know. in the you future. You never know, Chris. Yeah, it's something in the future still to think about. Something to think about. But yeah, so this project, though, that I saw, this is just only in regards to financing on scoreboards that are in the stadium. So nothing too crazy there, but it just kind of caught my eye when I saw that, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that, man. It, just handle that scoreboard. I'm cool with that part of it. And who never knows, like you say, Press, what might happen with the stadium in the future, right? You just never know. So at this point, they need to continue to renovate, make things look clean and nice for our team. I'm all for it. Yes, sir. 
the last piece of business that I wanted to discuss with you, and this was like a big thing that came out from this last week, Jay Cutler, he went on talk radio this week, and he gave his thoughts on Justin Fields on whether he should start or sit this season. And Jay Cutler aired on the side of caution when it came to Justin Fields being thrown into the mix. What were your thoughts there on that Jay Cutler interview uh, on talk radio this week? Man, you know what? Jay Cutler said a lot of stuff on that radio show. But what it also had me thinking about was his own situation when he got with the Bears. When he talked about the, the offensive line being ready, so pretty much letting everything, all the infrastructure be correct and fixed and putting Justin Fields out there when he's ready versus just throwing him out there. And pretty much think Andy Dalton's a pretty good quarterback that can take on things right now. I like the idea of what Jay Keller was going at because he did allude to the line, right? The offensive line being pretty much shored up. That's something that you can, you can we can argue about, about how it was when he was playing. That offensive line really was rocky. We know mm-hmm. that Jay Keller took a lot of hits, man, over the time frame. And he mentioned about seeing ghosts. <laughs> you know, he want a kid out there seeing ghosts, man. <laughs> Exorcism and all. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I totally get where you're at with that part of it. We don't want to make our quarterback, you know, um, lose any kind of confidence or motivation, man, uh, by having a bad infrastructure or a bad, you know, bad situation. So, I do like the thought process that Jay Keller was alluding to. I look like he was putting his own stuff in that situation as well. I'm just going to tell you this. Jay Cutler was seeing them ghosts because of Jamarcus Webb, bum-ass. That dude was the <laughs> worst damn left tackle in the history of this damn team. And, and you guys know I went after uh, Charles Leno a lot. That guy, Jamarcus Webb, he was awful. And I still remember that time when Jay Cutler shoved him when he was going off onto the sideline that time, A-Dub. And that showed you his frustration because he was tired of getting hit because this guy was missing his blocks and shit. Right. <laughs> that guy was awful. Yeah, man, looked really bad, man. They was teeing off on color, man. A lot of pressure was coming, man. Yep. But the one thing that I wanted to touch on with this situation with, with Jay, also in his interview, Jay mentioned his experience as a rookie in the league because when he went to Denver, Jake Plummer was the incumbent quarterback, right? And right, so right. Basically, what Cutler said in that situation was Jake Plummer was a consummate pro. He said he mm-hmm. was really good with him. He basically let him know how he needed to kind of handle himself with being an NFL quarterback. And he said that that time learning behind Jake Plummer for those 10 to 12 weeks was invaluable. He said that even when he did take over the starting role, he said the Plummer still supported him, helped him along, answered questions. He was always there for. So what I heard from that, I thought, okay, so Jake Cutler had a good support system there in Denver that got him up to speed. Right. And probably what he's thinking about with the situation with Justin Fields is he's looking at that quarterback landscape and sees, hey, you know what? Andy Dalton can get the job done. You got Nick Foles there. Nick Foles has been in the league. You know, he can be a mentor to Justin Fields, right? So that quarterback room is very strong. So Cutler's probably looking at it like, hey, there's no reason to throw this kid out there. You got Dalton there. Let Dalton do his thing. Continue to let this kid learn the game. Learn it slowly. But Jay Cutler, he said, now, if this kid goes out and shows you that he's the guy, then there's no reason not to play him. But I just feel like what Jay is basically saying is there's no reason to rush him out there. Right, right. And I'm with you, Perez. Let him learn as much as he can. And you hit a good point, Perez. He got some quarterbacks that he can learn from. He really does. You can learn a couple of things from better quarterbacks. You really can as a rookie coming in. And there are some things that I will say, hey, that Justin Fields will learn from any dog. Maybe even Nick, from Nick Foles as well, who also in his ear give them pointers and tips. So take all that stuff in. Soak it in, man. When you're ready, you'll do well. I mean, Jay Cully even went on saying that, hey, he feels confidence in Nagy of putting a good plan in place to help Justin Fields. So you got all those things that's working well for you. Like you said, Press, there's no need to rush him out there on the field. 
One thing that was really interesting from this week, A-Dub, is when I saw that Justin Fields, uh, his jersey is one of the top sellers in the NFL. And for the record, ladies and gentlemen, my Justin Fields jersey was delivered on Friday. We in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Friends in the building, baby. In the building, baby. But, <laughs> but, bro, this guy hasn't even played one game for the team. He's one of the NFL's top-selling jerseys. Damn. Man, that says a lot, friends, about him. And it says a lot about his talent as well that people see, man. Everyone knows what he did at Ohio State, man. So this is no fluke here, Prez. You got on board, bro. I'm on board. You got the jersey. Many others went and bought the jersey as well. So, hey, this is a good sign. It shows that everyone see that, hey, this kid, there's something special with him. Well, you know what it shows me? It shows me that this city is going to be behind this kid. I think that most of the people in this fan base realizes that this kid is special. But yep. it also realized how quarterback starved that we are. So as a fan base and as a franchise, this guy right here, man, he, he's, he's the hope right here. Like, he's young Simba. I'm holding him up in the air. Justin Fields, you are the man. You are the king. Let's go. And I can definitely understand why we're taking all the measures and precaution with the press moving forward because we know he is the guy going forward. Now, one jersey that was up there, too, was Tim Tebow. And that's another story for another day. But, A-Dub, that had me dying. I'm like, this dude ain't played in the NFL in what? How many years since Tebow played in the league? Man, it's been several years, man, since he haven't been in the league. Man, it's been a long damn time. But this dude <laughs> gets signed, right, to play tight end. Or I think he might have played in high school or something like that. But anyway, now his jersey. His jersey uh, outselling uh, Trevor Lawrence's jersey. What kind of shit is that? Right. Well, it tells you that Tebow has a very big following, man. And hey, kudos to him. I'm not going to knock him. Kudos to him. He got a big following. Those went out and got it really want to support that guy. I know he was a big fan favorite when he was at when he's playing in college, you know, and try to make some things happen when he got to the league. People want to see him do well. And that's why they all went out and supported him. But yeah, it's a shocker to see that he's up there among others, you know? Yeah, man. But I would just say this, in Jacksonville, y'all need to calm down with that Tim Tebow stuff. Y'all got a franchise quarterback out there. Y'all better uh, support that that number 16, too. Just <laughs> hook him up as well. <laughs> exactly. Show him the love. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of the episode, eh, Dub? So, like we told the audience, we're going to do our projected starter breakdown here for the season. And it's just our opinion heading into OTAs and training camp. So, a quarterback. This was basically just going off of what Matt Nagy and, and the organization has told us. But Andy Dalton, right now, is the projected QB1. A-Dub, talk to me. Chris, I got no problem with Andy Dalton starting. Let him go ahead, do this thing. Let's see what he got. Maybe he's the guy that can help us win games at right now, going to the season. He's the guy that can do that. We're looking forward to see what he's able to bring to the table. I think he's a vet in the game. I think he's still got something left in the tank. Let's see what he got, man. We give him some tools. He got some guys to work with. And, hey... Let's start with him and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, man. I mean, we spoke about this last week that the Bears have certainly upgraded this quarterback position this offseason, A-Dub. So when you look at the addition of not only Andy Dalton, but obviously drafting Justin Fields, who is our player to watch, as we mentioned on last week's episode here for 2021, where things currently stand. I think Dalton, to me, is the, the starter leading up to week one of the season. This just to me, it just makes the most sense. Things could change. I mean, if Justin Fields proves that he's the best option. But one right. thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on, A-Dub, this is a point that I wanted to kind of just make sure that our audience was kind of thinking of with this situation. Okay. So in OTAs and in practices, 
Justin Fields is probably going to look really sharp. He's going to be looking really good. But one thing I want you guys to think about, when Khalil Mack is coming and pressuring him, Khalil Mack's not sacking him. He's not basically hitting Justin Fields, right? Right. So that's another dimension as opposed to an alive game where the pass rush is going to tee off on you. So I want people to just think about the situation of practice versus live reps. So I'm going to be more so paying attention to what Justin Fields does in those preseason games. I want to see how he reacts in those live situations. But that's one thing that I want people to think about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that part of the evaluation they do. Perez, you hit a good point about the evaluation part of it. I think preseason is really going to give us a good glimpse to see what he's able to really do, right, with the pads on and people really coming for him, man. Because you can't really tell those things, like I say, in practice, Perez. So I really want to see where our own eyes as fans to see what, what we need to evaluate with him, what's going well, what isn't going well. We'll see, right? the flaws that are out there. We also want to see part of his talent as well. But most importantly, I want to see what those flaws are so we can say, hey, you know what? Nagy is definitely right about what he see. And hey, there's some things in place to help him continue to grow and learn. Yeah, because I want to see how he responds when there's some crowd noise, right? I want to yep. see how he performs when we maybe play on the road in the preseason game. And now he's got the crowd on the opposite end of the spectrum. I want to see that. I want to see how he handles the intensity. Now, you all know that me and A-Dub both know this kid is a leader. He showed up in big games in college, but this is the NFL. So we want to just make sure, hey guys, how does he perform in these type of situations? I, I want to gauge everything on those live game reps, A-Dub. Yeah, me too, man. Because you're right, it's a difference between practice and, and the game. You want to see, hey, is this guy really the real deal, which we believe he is, but you want to see it, right? You just want to see these things in action. And I want to see his, his action to the team, how he worked with those guys, how he worked with the offensive line, how he works with the, you know, the wide receivers. These are things we want to see him, you know, um, his leadership style. We want to see all these things on the field and how it plays out. So we'll get a chance to see all that versus hearing about it from you know, the media and things of that nature. The big thing for me, OTAs, practices, live reps, I just want to see how it all comes together. Right. And I think once we kind of see all those things come together, then we'll know what needs to happen. But for right now, I'm comfortable with Andy Dalton being the QB1. With the press, I have no issues with that right now. All right. Running back. No surprise here. David Montgomery, running back one. A-Dub, talk to him. Hey, man, Montgomery had a pretty good season last year with a bad line. Imagine what he can do with that line upgrades. I mean, this kid's showing that he can carry the load. We didn't give him enough opportunities that we talked about before, Perez, to do his job last season. But guess what? This coming season, I think we'll give him the keys. Hey, look, you earned them. You showed us a lot. Now is your chance to continue to evolve and be a big part of the offense. So I'm looking forward to seeing this guy, man, get his opportunity, get his chances. And he may have a better season than he had last year. When I think about David Montgomery, I think about the fact, A-Dub, that he's, he had his first 1,000-yard rushing season. That was with a majority of the season where he wasn't basically being a centerpiece of the offense. It took them a late, late time in the season for them to realize that we need to ride David Montgomery and let him go out there and make things happen. So as opposed to last season versus going into this 2021 season, I think this is going to be a breakout year for him. We talked about it last week on the show because he was another one of our players to watch for 2021. I think with an improved offensive line play, better quarterback play, and these weapons that we have on offense, there's no reason why David Montgomery should not have 13, 1,400 yards rushing this season. No reason why that should not be a thing. I'm totally with you there, Perez, because you're right, man. We do got some weapons, but Money Moon and A-Rob, and then you have him running out there. He's going to get his chances, man. He's going to have to. 
And I think this guy can deliver. You hit it right on the head, Perez. He may have a breakout year uh, coming to this season because of all those different things with a quarterback, all the things you alluded to. And then one thing, too, to think about this running back position, A-Dub, is last season we were a little thin at the running back position. I've talked about it a lot on the show and the fact that I thought the depth was a concern last season. And then when we saw Tariq Cohen go down with his ACL injury, and then that running back position was even more thin. Because right. then you had Corderell Patterson, who you basically was trying to thrust in a place of having him be your RB2, and that's not his role. That wasn't his game, right? So now that's this correct. season, you have Tariq Cohen coming back from his ACL injury. He was also a player to watch that we have for 2021. I'm expecting a really good bounce-back year from him. But then also think about this, A-Dub. Damian Williams was picked up in free agency, which I thought was a very underrated move by Ryan Pace. And then they also drafted Khalil Herbert. I'm looking for Khalil Herbert to come in here and carve out a role for himself on offense. But also, too, he might provide them an option as a kickoff returner on special teams. That is something that I'm really excited about with this running back room. I mean, you get some good points there, Press, with three guys out there have the ability to run. And the thing is, they kind of run different styles, right? So we can give the defense, you know, um, out there, the opponent's defense, so many different looks. And if you're doing that, you can extend drives. And I think with all those ingredients like that, Press, you're setting your, your offense up for success with these running backs, and they're very dynamic. Absolutely. And then my final point I want to make is hopefully this marks the end of uh, the, the guy known as the preseason legend, Ryan Nall. Hopefully we can get him up out of here. Uh. <laughs> hey, man, don't let Big Dave hear that, man. Big Dave's a huge Ryan Nall fan. <laughs> Listen, Big Dave, if you listening to this, get Ryan Nall to fuck up off this team, bro. Get him to fuck <laughs> off this team. <laughs> right, Ryan no, hell no. <laughs> hell to the no no. <laughs> All right, it's a wide receiver. No surprise to anybody here, but our top three guys on the depth chart, my boy A Rob, your boy Darnell Mooney, and then Anthony can't get right Miller. So Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller were both players to watch that we highlighted from the last episode. But talk to me about this uh, wide receiver group, man. Right. That is a solid core, though, if your boy um, Anthony Miller can get things in order and shape, right? He can do his part. But, man, I'm looking forward to this, man. Andy Dalton get a chance to throw to pretty much two good wide receivers, man, with uh, with um, A-Rob and Money Moon. That's a good core right there to start with. And then you can throw in, you know, Miller if he gets right, things right. That's a pretty good core to work with, Press. And I think it'll be exciting to watch these guys play because I think we're probably going to play a little bit faster and things of nature and give Andy Dalton some opportunities to throw that ball along, man. So this is going to be a very good team as far as the wide receiver core and seeing these guys work together. And I'm looking forward to that part. I'm pretty excited about this. This is another position group that's loaded up with depth. I mean, we talked about it in previous episodes. This wide receiver room is stocked up with speed, baby. So I really think that whether it's Dalton or Justin Fields, there's plenty of weapons there for those quarterbacks to be able to get some guys that can make plays, whether it's in space or deep down the field, like you mentioned. I'll just say this, man. I'm very excited to see what this wide receiver group can bring to the table. And I'm really excited to see what Anthony Miller is able to do this season. I really hope that he answers the bill. I really do. We talked about basically the fact that he's playing for his next contract, whether it's here or whether it's with another team. If he can step up, that just takes this offense to another dimension. And I'm also thinking about stat-wise what Allen Robinson and what Darnell Mooney are going to be able to do with improved quarterback play, A-Dub. Man, that's what I'm looking at, Perez. You talk about, you know, guys who come into, I mean, A-Rob being his, what, last year, per se, from a contract standpoint. 
you can have some outstanding numbers, man. That might mean a financial stability for you moving forward. And those numbers are going to look great, you ask me. So he can bend. He can have a breakout year as well for what he did last year now with the quarterback. So things can go up, man, for him and Money Moon. This will be outstanding to see these guys have a lot of success with Andy Dalton. And they'll be setting these guys up for that opportunity to work with um, Justin Fields at some point. Let's not forget about the fact that we added Goodwin and Bird and free agency A-Dub. And yep. then we drafted my boy Daz Newsom, who's out here looking for a Waffle House. We don't have a Waffle House here in, in the shot, Daz, but, you know, get your feel of that down south before you come up here. But that guy right there, I'm telling you, he could end up being the next version of Darnell Mooney in this offense here in 2021. Glad you brought him up, Chris. Newsom, man, I like him, man. And the thing is, this lets you know that Andy Dalton, if you're Andy Dalton, you ain't got no worries, man. You got a good group to work with. You should be excited just as well as we are. Yes, you should be. And I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. I'm sure that's why he came here, besides the fact that they promised him the job. But I'm sure he looked at the offense and said, you know what, they got some guys here. And I'm sure he's probably sitting back and looking and seeing what Pace has done and said, okay, all right, they're making some moves. You yep. know? Now, I, 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 now, I wish I, I could have seen the expression on his face, A-Dub, when the Bears traded up and drafted Justin Fields. Now, <laughs> now I'm, mm-hmm. sure, I'm sure there he probably wasn't smiling then. But, you know. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I'm getting a phone call now from Nagy. <laughs> yep. Nagy over here trying to talk him down. Like, no, you know, you're still our guy. You're still our guy. You know, it's not you. It's us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You ain't done nothing wrong, man. Done nothing wrong. Wrong at all. (laughs) Just sometimes in a relationship, you know, just things, you know. um, I know it's new, it's early, but we, you know, we just want to see how things go. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly, man. I bet that was probably a funny conversation, man. I wish we were listening on something like that, man, but we get it. Yep, we get it. But uh, let's go over to the tight end position. I see Jimmy Graham as basically being that starter at tight end. I think when I look at tight end, one of the biggest surprises for me, and I've mentioned this a lot this offseason, is the fact that Jimmy Graham actually wasn't a cap casualty. I thought based on his cap number and I thought based on his contract that the Bears would have cut him, but they didn't. So when I saw that, I said, okay, A-Dub, it sounds like he's going to be an important part of the offense here in 2021. So I want to get your thoughts there on Graham in, in that tight end group. Maybe he still got something left in the tank, as we saw last season, right? I mean, the guy was getting touchdowns in red zone and pretty much became a, um, a key factor in red zone for us. So hopefully, you know, that can carry over into this season here. Maybe there's some things they can still help teach commit some things as well about being a, a good tight end and definitely have a lot of experience. So I'm looking forward to seeing him get another shot and, and work with Andy Dalton. So that's going to be interesting to see, Press. I think the key thing that you mentioned, so you talked about those touchdowns that he was getting in the red zone, but I still say, and I will continue to say it until I see better, but they have to continue to utilize him in the red zone more. There were too many times last season in the red zone when that guy was standing on the sideline. The guy is six foot six, six foot seven, and still has athleticism. Throw that shit up to him and let him get the touchdown. Like there's no reason why he should be on the bench in those situations. I totally agree with you, Prez. That's on Nagy. Nagy made some big mistakes like that, man. And you got to have a guy like that who's a weapon, Prez, in red zone, in red zone situations, like you said. Yep. But also, now let's think about Cole Komet. I also think that this is going to be a huge opportunity for him to get more snaps. It's going to be really good to see how he progresses here in his second season in Chicago. I saw where they said that Cole Komet's going to be attending tight end university. And I thought that's going to be huge because now he's going to be uh, working with some of the top tight ends in the whole league 
And that's going to be invaluable for him and his development going forward. That's key, man. That is good. Good to see. Good to hear about. And I'm quite sure he's going to learn a lot from that situation. And hopefully that when the time comes for this opportunities in the game, it carries over press. And that's what we're looking for. These kind of things he's learning, put into action, man, and carrying over. Now, I think he's going to get a lot of playing time too, Perez. He has nothing to worry about even if, if, even if um, the other guy started ahead of him, if Graham started over him. That shouldn't be a problem for him. But I think no. this guy can't contribute. No, because he's still going to see a lot of snaps. I mean, you saw towards the uh, middle to end part of the season there where Cole Komet was getting a really big amount of snaps. So I can see, I think that's going to continue here in 2021, but we definitely are looking for Cole Komet to take that next step in his development. Absolutely, Perez. And we're going to look to see his progress, right? How much he's involved in the offense, how many opportunities he get, you know, uh, from Andy Dog. We're going to see all these different things. And that'll help us to see, is he continue growing and all those different things? Because last year we saw some things that we liked about him, right? When he started cooking, playing physical, all those different things, man, that added up. And it's like the guy was showing some signs of improvement and getting better throughout the season. And hopefully he can carry that on this season going forward. Let's talk about the offensive linemen real quick here, Adel, before we transition to our, our projected defensive starters. So sure. on the offensive line, left tackle, my boy, Tevin Jenkins, who was a player to watch that we highlighted from the last episode. At left guard, Cody Whitehair. At center, Sam Mustafer. At right guard, Big James Daniels. And in right tackle, Jermaine Ifedi. So, A-Dub, give me your thoughts overall on this offensive line going into the season. By name and how they some of the things they did last season, and you add Jenkins to it, it looks like a very solid offensive line. I'm looking forward to see how it gels together, right? That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking forward to. So, these guys, man, James Daniels got hurt last season. Like you said, Perez, before on, on this podcast, that guy was probably our best offensive lineman last year. The fact now you're getting these guys to work together, I fed he got a raise, right, that we talked about. Hey, man, you got some motivation going on here. So I'm looking forward to seeing this group play together, man, and see what they can do. They can jail a press. Woo-wee, man. That can do dividends for us. Andy Dalton be comfortable. I'll tell you one thing. The running backs will be comfortable. It'll be great, man. Yeah, it's a, one thing that you you made a comment on and I wanted to piggyback on was just the fact that the offensive line gelling. So we know with the Bears deciding to part ways with not only Charles Leno, but Bobby Massey as well. There was a little bit of a shakeup at that tackle position. So that's the position there, A-Dub, that just makes me kind of worry a little bit about the O-line. So now you have basically a rookie that you're moving to left tackle. And I, I mentioned this on previous episodes, but I have faith in him. And I also have faith in Castillo being able to work with him and get him up to speed. But there's still going to be some growing pains with a rookie starting at left tackle. When we look at Jermaine Defetti over at right tackle, I wonder, okay, yeah, he did get the breaks. And it also seems like they're setting this up for this to be his job to lose. Now, he is going to get some competition for Borum and Elijah Wilkinson. But as we're looking at it, I think Defetti will probably end up locking that job down, A-Dub. Yeah, I think so, too. But the thing is, friends, you got to maintain it, right? You yeah. lock it down, you got to still produce. You slip off, you got other guys who are looking at, hey, give an opportunity to so at some point, so I hope that Fetty can show that, hey, he's the guy, he wants that position, he wants that job, and keep it, hopefully, right? But he got to execute and make some good blocks and, you know, be very good in pass protection, all those different things. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out, Perez, but you're right, man, he got to show up too. Yeah, he does have, he definitely has to show up. The inside of this offensive line, the interior, we've talked about it at nauseum. I really like what those guys bring to the table. I do like that Pace has brought in a little bit of competition from Mustafer's center. One thing about Mustafer that I've brought up a lot is that he has to get stronger at the point of attack. The kid's smart. 
He shows to be a leader on that offensive line, but there was just some plays where he kind of got manhandled on a tape. Those are some things that he's going to have to clean up, like getting guys off the off the ball. So there's some things there with Mustafer that I'm sure they're going to be working to clean up. But all in all, that interior the line when it comes to Whitehair, Mustafer, and Daniels, I really feel good about those three. And we'll see what happens with Jenkins and Effetti. One thing you hit on phrase that I definitely agree with you on, it's going to be some growing pains. And I want to see how far we go with that, right? When we talk about growing pains, how bad is it, right? And um, <laughs> hopefully that's not too bad, which I don't believe. I think Jenkins is the real deal. But you're right, it's going to take some time for it to really, you know, for us to really see it. Yeah, and, and that's a fair point on Jenkins, because I think once he does figure it out, that mother, he's going to be a bad motherfucker, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I told us before, friends, I'm looking forward to him pissing those guys off, man. For real, pissing those opponents off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's switch gears and let's get over to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to start with our D-line here. So, defensive end, Bilal Nichols. I think nose tackle, obviously, Eddie Goldman. So glad that he's returning this season. And then the other defensive lineman will be your boy, Hakeem Hicks. So talk to me there about that D-line, man. Man, Press. Hey, look, Hicks, when Hicks is right, man, that's that's awesome. Eddie Goldman back, he was doing phenomenal for us before, you know, the whole pandemic thing kicked off. Man, Press, just having those guys, man, that's a solid. That, that is a solid line right there, man. And if you think about it, what they both all can bring, these guys can put pressure on that quarterback. So you're feeling pretty good about that. I can tell you one thing. We're having, you know, uh, Hicks in that middle. Hicks is a good run stopper, man. I mean, Hicks right there clogs it up, and people get scared. I mean, he brings that fear, man. He's a bit, one of those big parts of that D-line. So I'm looking forward to seeing all this thing work out. I know there have been talks about, you know, in the past, throughout the offseason, about maybe Hicks going to be the one, you know, who gets traded or something like that. Well, I hope this is a, a year of motivation for him to say, look, no matter what happens, I'm going out there kicking butt. I think this is going to be a big year because that's another guy that's playing for uh, his next contract, whether that's Chicago or whether that's with another organization. And yep. I will tell you one thing. During the offseason, when I saw Hakeem Hicks take all his Chicago Bears affiliated stuff off of his Twitter account, and I saw that and I said, oh, man, I hope that this guy is not next to get traded because we didn't know what was going to happen there. I'm glad that right. he's coming back. But like you mentioned, A-Dub, I'm sure he's got loads and loads of uh, motivation going into the season. And I feel bad for opposing offenses because he's going to be bringing the pain. Absolutely, man. And think about Eddie Goldman, too. He hasn't played, right? Mm-hmm. I got something to show you guys. Look, did you miss me? <laughs> kind of a thing. So that's what he stands at right now. <laughs> like, look, I'm coming back, man. I got to come back and make an impact. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, you know? What you going to do? What you going to bring, you know? How you going to help out Hicks? So we're going to see how this whole thing works. Yeah, I mean, because as we've talked about before, this defensive line is one of the most consistent units on this roster. And I honestly think it's probably one of the better units that we have on this team. So Goldman coming back, Goldman is so underrated. And we missed him tremendously in 2020. And I don't think enough of a fan base realized how important he was to that defense. So I'm so glad that he's coming back. Because like you said, Adel, with the three of those guys on that defensive front, that's going to be a dominant front. And that's even with losing... Roy Robinson, Harris, and Brent Urban, who were solid yep. for us. So, Absolutely. And let's not forget about the fact that we re-signed Mario Edwards Jr. That was huge. We also picked up Angelo Blackson. So there's depth there even behind the big guys. So I think we're going to be good to go there on that defensive line. Yeah, man. We look loaded, friends. Whew, man. But that defensive line looks good, man. Let's segue over to outside linebacker. First spot. Obviously, is our brother Khalil Mack, number 52. And then we also have 
Robert Quinn, who was our player to watch that we highlighted from last week. Talk to me about this outside linebacker group, uh, A-Dub. 50% of it looks great right now, right? Because <laughs> it's Khalil Mack, right? That we're talking about Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack. He's going to be, uh, I mean, he's going to demand a lot of attention, man, coming into the season. So we already know that prayers already. All we got to do is get Quinn on board. If Quinn can have a bounce back year, whoa. I mean, you talk about out on that edge, man. These guys can make some noise, man. And I'm telling you, Press, that can be dynamic right there if those two guys can play very well together. I mean, this is the thing. When Robert Quinn came here, we talked about it last week. He had 11 and a half sacks when he was in Dallas, right? Last right. year, he only had two sacks. Very disappointing season for him, even though, you know, towards the, the middle part of the season, because I want to give him some sort of credit for the fact that he started to kind of show signs. But at the price tag that he came in here for, I'll keep saying this over and over again. We need to see more. But if he can be anything close to that Dallas Cowboy version, that's going to unleash Khalil Mack. That is going to take a lot of that pressure and the attention that Khalil Mack gets and hopefully we see less of those double or triple teams that Khalil Mack sees, right? Because we know when Khalil Mack has those opportunities to line up with somebody one-on-one, he's going to win that battle. Absolutely, Prez. And the other thing I want to hit at really quickly is around the fact of um, his health. If he comes in healthy this season, Quinn had some health issues last year where he couldn't really get right, right? It took a while for him to start, you know, um, playing well. If he comes into the season healthy, that is a plus for us. And if that occur, that should give him a good opportunity to bring some success. I hear you. That was a point that you brought up last week, and I definitely agree with that. I think health is going to be something to kind of keep an eye out on uh, when it comes to him. Because last yep. year, you had Barkevious Mingo that was basically eating into a lot of Robert Quinn's snaps. So we'll see what happens this season because we picked up a Tuchu from Denver. So that could be a guy that basically is a valuable backup for us because he was very impressive in Denver when he basically replaced Von Miller, who was hurt last year. So that's something that I want people to kind of keep in mind with that guy at outside linebacker. And also Travis Gibson, who's still a bit of a project player, but he should probably see a bit of an expanded role here um, in his second season, along with probably James Vauders getting some snaps as well. I think the good thing you mentioned, those other guys there, that's called help, right? These are the guys who can come in and probably produce. So if anytime we see a slip off in Quinn or things not going well, we have other guys that can come in, man, and get the job done. We seen it happen last year where the guys came in and got the job done. So, But if other guys can come in and help out and do a great job, that's still a plus for us as well. Yep, exactly. All right, inside linebacker, we got Danny T and Roquan Smith. Talk to me, A-Dub. Of course, you know how I feel about Roquan, man. I think the guy was, hey, man, all pro last season. I hope he can pick up where he left off at because we don't have him in the game. You know, we don't have him in the game. It showed it impacted us big time. So his presence is definitely felt when he's there and when he's not there, right? We can see the difference. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy have a very good season coming to this season here. So I'm looking forward to that part of it. Then you think about Danny T, how much does he really have left in the tank? So I am mm-hmm. worried about him a little bit because I don't know, Perez. We don't know. we got to see, right? There's, right? It was an up and down season last season with him. We looked at games. We're like, man, where you at, Danny T? You're getting lost in coverage, right? And we saw a lot of that happen. You know, guys burning him with the speed they had. So I'm hoping that this year he has a better year. But we'll see, right? We don't know. Can he keep up? Does he still have something left in the tank as the veteran, even though he's a leader, as one of the leaders of the team? Exactly. And I think that's the important part to think about there. He is one of the leaders of the team. And so that's also a part of Danny Trevathan, why it's going to be really important for him to be able to stay in that lineup. Because I think having a guy like that, that's just a leader that rallies that team, kind of gets these guys fired up. But also, he's a guy that when he speaks in that huddle, those guys are listening. 
And that's what you want on your defense. And obviously, Roquan Smith, he's coming off a career year. That guy's basically setting himself for a monster extension. Uh, Pace, pay that man. (laughs) Well, I don't want any problems there. Pay him. Don't play no games when it's time to give him his money. Cut the check. Exactly. (laughs) Cut that, baby. (laughs) But I think when I thought about this inside linebacker position, A-Dub, this was something I talked about a lot on the show. Behind those two guys, I had major concerns, and we saw what happened when Roquan Smith got injured. And the, the guys that had to come in and try to replace him, it was a nightmare, right? So at least this offseason. And the theme of what I saw with Brian Pace is depth was basically what he went after. And so he shored up depth at the inside linebacker position because we brought in Kristen Jones, who was a right. former player. And this is now his second step, but this guy is going to come in here be another veteran that knows the system, has played here in Chicago, understands the heritage of playing on the Bears defense. He's going to come in here and be really solid for us. But now the last position as far as the backup spot is probably going to come down to Josh Woods or your boy Iggy. And if if, if I'm a betting man, I would probably say Josh Woods might be the guy that ends up beating them out of that spot. But we'll see what happens when, when training camp goes uh, A-Dub. But those guys are going to be competing for that last spot, I think. Yeah, they are probably going to be competing for that last spot, Press, because, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Woods, but, you know, I, I hope he has some growth and development that, that came along with everything. Things just happen, right, when it comes down to that. But, again, competition, that's always important to see who wants it, who wins it. I'm looking forward to seeing what happened there. But the thing is, I'm glad that, like you said, we're pacing those guys, working on getting us some depth, right, at that position to help out. Yeah, and when I look at Josh Woods, A-Dub, it's mostly because of his special teams ability and that's the thing that I think is going to probably get him to stick on the team. So Iggy's a good special teamer as well, but I think Josh Woods has shown to have a little bit more versatility. Plus, I think he might have a little bit more potential at that inside linebacker position. But like you said, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, absolutely. At corner, Trufant and Jalen Johnson, talk to me about these DBs. Trufant, you know, just don't know. The guy may have lost some steps there, friends, and um... – I mean, it's just a hard thing to do to try to replace Fuller. So we'll see how that works out. When I started thinking about this whole thing, I was thinking about Jalen Johnson. Can Jalen Johnson be the guy to replace Fuller? Can he be that guy for us, that number one guy, man? And Jalen Johnson had a very good season last year. Of course, he got hit with some injuries, Fred, that we talked about on the show already. But it looks like the kid is probably looking to go next level, man. And if he can take his game to the next level, that speaks dividend for us. Yeah, because as you mentioned, when you talk and think about this cornerback position for the Bears, you know that it's different because you don't have Kyle Fuller, which was a massive loss. And I think that might be a loss that may affect this defense here in 2021. Yeah. Because even though they signed Trufant, that guy's not going to replace a Kyle Fuller, right? Nope. And there's a chance with Trufant that he may even get injured because I heard rumors, A-Dub, that the Bears are still looking at other cornerbacks, potential to sign. So that means that they still feel like this position needs to have like some pieces added to it. So that's never a good sign. Or that could just be Ryan Pace doing due diligence. But either way, you know that this position, they're probably still looking at it and saying we could tweak it and improve it a little bit. Right, because ain't nothing like having two solid guys out there for us. We had last year, yeah, Fuller was great. We had, um, you know, um, your boy Jenna Johnson was great. So it's like, you got two guys. Now do you have that same kind of two guys going forward? Yeah. Ah, you got to say, ah, yeah, it doesn't look the same, right? Yeah. So you got to worry and think about, hey, how can you continue to upgrade? How can you continue to get better? So I think Pace is still looking at that phrase, which is a good thing. So hope you keep his eyes on that part. 
Yeah, and also, too, when it comes to Jalen Johnson, and you mentioned this with the injuries. I mean, that's a big thing that we talked about on the show. Is he going to be able to make it through a whole season, right? Because he's had a lot of shoulder injuries in his career, so that's something to kind of keep in mind. But the guy had a really impressive rookie season there, A-Dub. We just don't know what's going to happen on the other side of the field opposing him. Because Jalen Johnson got targeted a lot. And for the most part, he answered the challenge. I mean, those those offenses were going after Jalen Johnson. That kid can play physical. Mm-hmm. He can get physical with any of the best of those wide receivers. So I like that, man. And I hope he continues to stay healthy because that's going to be a key factor for us too, Press. If he stays that way and continues to show progression, I think that's good for us, man. But you're right. I'm not worried about him. I'm really not. Um, you, you hit it to the head, Press. We're worried about the other side, man. And can we get the other side right? And then hopefully he can stay healthy. And then I think the position that I'm going to be paying the close attention to is that slot corner because you're going to have a battle Ooh. there between Duke Shelley and Vildor. And when I look at that, I wonder, of those two, who's going to be the guy? Because I liked a lot of what I saw out of Vildor. I know some fans will say, you know, he was kind of up and down, but he showed me some things. And I think if I look at those two guys, I would probably lean towards more Vildor as of right now. We'll see if Duke Shelley has improved, you know, when it comes to OTAs and training camp. But you, anybody that's listening to this show, they know how I feel about Duke Shelley. I don't need to retrace that, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I hope Bill Dorr can get it, man. I want to see if he's continuing to improve, right? I think that's going to be a factor. And it's going to be a good battle for both of them, Duke Shelley and Bill Dorr competing for that role. Um, that would be nice, man, to see and see who comes out on top for that. But, yeah, man, that's going to be an important uh, position to play because, you know, a lot of these guys now, these great wide receivers, a lot of them come in the slot situation. So can we guard the slot? That's going to be a factor. Exactly. And also keep an eye on Thomas Graham Jr. Because he can yep. also be another guy that we might be able to look at in the slot as well. So it'll be interesting to see what we do with that slot corner position, A-Dub. I'm looking forward to that. That's something I'll definitely keep my eyes on for us throughout the season. The last positions that we're going to go through is we have strong safety and free safety. So we got Gibson and Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was also another one of our player to watch uh, that we brought up on last week's episode. And I would say this is going to be a position that's going to be worth looking at because if we're already kind of looking at our cornerback position, A-Dub, and thinking, ooh, uh, are we going to be okay there? Well, that's going to make it even more vital for our safeties to step up and do what they got to do. And that's why it's going to be really important for Eddie Jackson to return back to his ball hawking, playmaking ways. But I want to get your thoughts there about that safety starting position. I think we talked about this multiple times, friends, with uh, Eddie Jackson. I'm not going to beat the guy up anymore. All I'm looking for is is improvement from last year where where you're at. If you can right. show me something, man, like you say, press and be all over the field, that's what I'm looking for. Being back to yourself, who you once were that made you a pro bowler. If we can get him back to that point, press, which I think Coach Desai can definitely help him out with that, that'll be dividends for us because we're going to need him, man. I think on that side of the field, press, we talked about it, right, with the fact that losing Fuller, he's going to play a vital part in that secondary because yep. of that reason alone. So yep. if he can show us something, man, woo, press, <laughs> this can help take this uh, secondary to the next level if he can get back to who he once was. Think about, too, the depth that we have behind those two. So everyone knows we resigned Bush. DeAndre yep. Houston Carson is back. And then also, last season, we had signed Lucas, and he sat out the year because of COVID. Now he's back. So there's a lot of depth there at that position. So I think safety is going to be really key for us. And Adel's point that he brought up about Desai, I really hope that Desai is going to be able to unlock the issues that plagued Eddie Jackson in the past couple of seasons. I really hope that Desai is going to be able to unlock this defense because this defense, right. I don't know where it was, but we need to get that defense back to its ways that under um, Fangio. 
Absolutely. And being aggressive. <laughs> I mean, not taking our foot off the gas, man. Wearing these teams down. That's why defense need to be back to. But the other thing, that secondary is going to have to play a big factor in that, into that as well, Perez, with those hits, you know, interceptions, turnovers, you know, creating turnovers. I think that's going to be a big deal, big deal coming to this season. Yes, sir. All right, man, we're, we're at the end here. We have long snapper Patrick Scales, punter uh, O'Donnell, and then at kicker, Cairo Santos. Talk to me. I got no issues with that group there, Perez. Um, <laughs> you know how I feel about Santos, man. I, I'm a fan. The guy showed me a hell of a lot by being an underdog last season and coming in and taking that job. He, I mean, he earned it. He earned it. The dude kicked very well for us. And um, I don't think that's changing, Perez, um, this coming season. So that guy's still motivated, still ready. I'm looking forward to seeing him, man. One thing I got to say, man, one position we have to worry about is the kicker. No, I hope not. I really hope not. Knock on wood over there, A-Dub. Hopefully yeah, not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hope not, man. Yeah, I'm with you, friends. But I think you I think you might be right there. But, no, I mean, to your point, no issues here with this position group. Santos, well-deserved contract extension. I mean, he brought some stability to that position that we haven't had since Robbie left. Punter, okay, O'Donnell, he's consistent, gets the job done, whatever. Yeah. And Patrick Skills, we always talk about this. His name never gets called on broadcast because he gets his job done. So (laughs) I have no issues there. The one area, though, when I think about special teams on this team, A-Dub, is we just don't know what's going to happen with our return specialists because we lost Corderell Patterson. Yeah. And Tariq Cohen is coming back off of that ACL injury. So we got some question marks at punt returner and kick returner. So we don't know what's going to happen there. But one thing that we did see Ryan Pace did, he went out and got a lot of speed whether it was yep. in the draft and free agency. And he's got a lot of guys that have that ability, I think, to be return guys. So we'll see what happens there. But Ryan Pace has given Nagy a lot of options to throw back there in that return game. Yeah, man. You got options, got something to work with. So Nagy should feel pretty good about this. You got some options here. And you can take advantage of it at any given time you want to. Hunt return, kickoff return. So that's good for us to have that much depth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, listen, audience. This is just kind of our... Early projected, you know, starters as we see things now. Obviously, you never know what's going to happen when OTAs and training camp starts, but that's just kind of how A-Dub and I see things uh, going into to training camp. A-Dub, man, you got anything else for the audience on the way out? Man, all I got for you guys is I hope our team continue to stay, you know, uh, healthy, and we look, we're ready to rock and roll, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, man, I wanted to tease the audience real quick, A-Dub, on some, some things that you and I have been working on behind the scenes. So I know some of our listeners that follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you guys have probably noticed that we've been a little bit quiet on social media as of late. And that's because we've been working behind the scenes on creating a new podcast that we're going to be incorporating and added to the brand. And so stay tuned on details on that, but it's going to be a Chicago sports-based branded podcast. We're very excited. We've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes on just kind of creating the format and how we're going to do there. And this is just going to be added to the platform here. DBE is going nowhere. We're just adding and just trying to build the brand. So it's just a lot of things that we're doing behind the scenes right now to try to build and just try to continue to keep bringing you guys the great content that you guys have enjoyed with us so far. But A-Dub, I just wanted to share that with the audience so that way they know what's kind of coming down the pipes here, man. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to this, Chris. I'm getting excited now. And I think, you know, those who tune in will probably be excited once we start launching. Yeah, and and my thing, too, uh, I know a lot of our DB listeners, A-Dub, they come to us for the the Bears type of content, right? But 
there's probably going to be a, a decent amount of these listeners that may even listen to the other show as well, because we're still going to talk bears on that platform, but we're going to talk about all Chicago sports. So it's basically just us kind of stretching out our abilities as fans and just showing you guys, listen, we love all Chicago sports and we're going to give all of them love. And we don't want to do that on this DBE platform. This platform will always strictly be about the Chicago bears and our opponents, but on this new platform that we're going to be kicking off, it's going to basically be us stretching out and talking about all of Chicago sports. But again, stay tuned for details. We'll be launching that platform here within probably the next two to three weeks. Looking forward to it, Press. Hey, Dub. Dope-ass episode, and we are out. Hey, Dub. Going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Hey.